Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Starting Block Podcast. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, man? <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> what do you do? I, I think it's a good intro. Yeah, it works. Yeah. I think maybe we stick with that. Yeah, let's stick with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? It's John and Chris. Hope you guys are doing well. Thought we'd uh, try a new intro there, see what type of feedback we get out. You know, Chris, sometimes that uh, the ADD gets a little out of control here. You know, sometimes you just got you know just got to go with what you're given, right? It's, uh, yeah, sometimes my brain just skips. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, so, tell you a little bit about the show if you're new. Uh, first off, thanks for joining. We appreciate it. Uh, glad to have you here. Uh, a couple different type of episodes that we have within our show. Our show's a little different than most podcasts. The most common episode is going to be the Q&A, and that's what you're going to get today. <clears throat> and the Q&A episode is going to be where Chris and I, and sometimes Mandy when she's available, we're going to take your questions that you guys submit to us, and uh, we'll answer them live on the air. This can be anything regarding athletic development, anything from speed, strength, uh, exercise selection, rehab, nutrition, any of it. We'll take the questions, and we will answer them here, and then... Chris, where can they submit all the questions to? Uh, if they're submitting them to me, they can send them to me on Instagram, uh, DM at uh, fastandagile49. Cool. And then you can reach me at ELP underscore John, and that will be the best way to get your questions into us. The other type of episode we have is our guest interview, and it's exactly what it sounds like. We bring in our colleagues from across the country, and they share their tips on how they win and what they do in their practices or with their athletes and clients. And the last episode is going to be that Friday Fire and Fact, which is basically about 10 minutes of me talking about a you know, something I feel needs to be spoken about, or I'll answer questions that maybe have a little bit more to do with kind of the marketing side or the business side or the motivation side, something outside, just like the exercise type of questions. So that's what the Friday episodes are. And today is Q&A, and we got a couple of good ones, a couple, uh, something a little bit different. So first one is going to be actually, what is GPP? So I'll paraphrase that, actually, or actually re-explain what that means. So this particular person was asking, what is general physical preparedness slash GPP? So, Chris, go for it, man. You start. Well, in the traditional sense, if you look up GPP, it's referring to more what I'll currently call um, off-season conditioning, if you will. So a baseball player... You know, would not necessarily be doing things that that specifically look like swinging a bat or throwing a ball. They'd be more doing the more general things, like just general lifting, um, general running, just you know, just doing things that don't specifically look like baseball. Uh, football player may not be doing things that specifically look like football. That's that's the name general physical preparedness you might work on very you know all the different energy systems that you don't necessarily use in baseball um i think it's a bit of of a misnomer because i don't think you ever you can never not use the energy system uh Mm -hmm. use uh I, i in fact i don't believe in anything that's uh ultra specific except playing the sport itself and I don't believe in doing 
purely general things as the as the term implies but when you see that written in a uh, strength and conditioning text or an article or something along that line it's referring to general conditioning uh, mm -hmm. not something specific to your sport yeah you know, and Louis Simmons would always say that, you know, GPP is the foundation of your pyramid. And you found, you know, the pyramid's only going to be as tall as it is wide, and GPP serves as that foundation. And so, yeah, like Chris saying, that's exactly what GPP is, is it's just kind of general, I call it just general random crap, you know, but there is a purpose behind it. You know, we have to have this general level of fitness if you want to have a higher level of speed or absolute strength or strength speed or speed strength or any of those elements you have to have this general level of fitness and you know i think one you made an interesting comment right there about like you don't believe in the specificity of it you know as far as like the sport specificity that, that's what you said right correct i mean if, if okay. well the only way to really get specific is play the sport itself Right, I agree. And so I think who, if there's coaches listening to it, this is where you see in the literature there's this big distinct difference between GPP and like what? SPP, right? Or sports-specific right. preparedness, right? And I, I'm right there with you. I, I, I don't – I talk about all the time I don't believe in sports-specific training. That's, that's not – it's not an accurate statement. Right. I think the, the most specific you can get is to, like you said, actually play the sport. So – when we go back to the GPP side of it, all of the GPP development builds the SPP, if that's what you want to even call it. <clears throat> there are a variety of different things that you can do. And like CrossFit, for example, CrossFit is GPP. That's all it is. And, and people don't seem to understand that because they see the Olympic lifting and the box jumping and all that. But the foundation of CrossFit is GPP. It's just random, just whatever. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, heck, those CrossFit people are in a whole lot better condition than I am. I mean, no doubt. But it's all just general random stuff. And I think that's actually where some people get hurt. This is not turning into an episode about hating CrossFit. But I think it's where people end up getting hurt because they do like an Olympic lift, for example, which is a pretty technical exercise. But they treat it like a GPP exercise, just kind of something random in general. And so there's a lot of capacity building that you have to do to be able to do that. But I think, you know, I think at least – CrossFit now, at least some people I know that do it, are, you know, the coaches are kind of getting caught up there. They're understanding that a little bit more. But it serves a huge purpose, and I like to incorporate a lot of GPP work into what we do. We we use it pretty frequently, and I, I, I kind of use it maybe even a little bit differently than most coaches. I, I don't know. Like, I'm curious to hear how you, you use it, but, like, I'll do it. I like to actually increase the GPP as we get closer to the season. And I like to do that because, like you said, I don't believe in SPP, like sports-specific work. I believe in, okay, you get done with the season. All right, cool. You know, we take a little break, whatever you got to do. We get back. You know, you build up. Yeah, you get some GPP there. You kind of build that capacity back up. But then we start to develop the other qualities. We start to build the absolute strength. We start to do – you know, the reactive work, whatever it is that we have to do in our system, you know, the recode work, we do a lot of go to recode stuff. And then as we continue to develop that, we start to grab, I start to gradually incorporate it more and more and more into my program so that by the time the athlete gets ready to start their, let's say spring training, for example, like we've actually almost gone, 
I don't know. I'd say I don't want to say 50-50, but I mean it, it would definitely we're looking more at like a I don't know, maybe a maybe a 70-30, so to speak. Like I mean more 30% GPP and then like 70% more like okay, you know, reactive work or like sp- specific reactive work, specific strength work. Does that does that make sense, Chris? It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah, and I just feel like it gets the it gets the body moving in a bunch of different directions and I feel like that's actually what you need for sport too. Yeah, and I would say ours is 100%. If you want to call it GPP, we're 100%. We don't do we don't do anything specific, yet we also do everything specific. <laughs> right. So, I mean, what do I mean by that? Well, we always do rotational work, you know, landmine training. Uh, yeah. We'll change the velocities. We'll, you know, we'll go heavier sometimes with a slow Just make sure you duct tape a baseball to that landmine so it's baseball specific. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like... It's, it's always, we always have rotational stuff. We always have things that, that make someone, you know, chain the, train the lateral bending side. You know, always. I mean, those are, that's year round. That, that never changes. I mean, there's, we're always doing, uh, you know, ISO extremes. We're also, we're always doing altitudes and rebounds. We're always doing, uh, that's year round. So we don't change anything in season. We, we train as if we're trying to get the individual to be a stronger human as opposed to being a better baseball player or a better football mm-hmm. player or a better whatever. So it's there's there's nothing and yet there's everything is specific in what we do. Yeah. It, that's a great that's a great phrase. I like how you say that. I think you know when when you continue to break it down from that perspective like that that's where I think a lot of people get get caught up is trying to actually split the two apart like we talked about that a second ago but we've we've said this before that I believe that we're seeing the de-evolution of like the human race literally but one of the reasons that we see that especially with younger athletes is because playing on the playground recess that is GPP that's that is how you develop the body it's how you develop the immune system you know like I wasn't on an iPad at three years old. I was eating dirt, right? Like, right. and all these little different things that you would do growing up: riding your bike, climbing fences, jumping off forts. That's all GPP type stuff. And this younger generation has missed that development. And so, a lot of our training has to be that to make up for that. And so, I think if you're an athlete listening to this and you're trying to get a leg up on the competition. It's not necessarily about spending like longer duration in the like spending you know spending a longer time in the gym as much as it's actually maybe try to throw in these extra little 20 to 30 minute workouts that aren't like weight specific. So don't worry about trying to bench press or power clean or squat or anything like that. Maybe just go, you know, put a I, I did this for my stepson as he was getting ready for West Point. Um he had to I don't even shoot. I don't even remember what the test was he had to do, but like he had to get in shape. And you know, when he, you know, Joey, if you're listening to this, sorry, bro, but I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Like he was not in the greatest of shape, you know, as he started to prep for it. But one of the things I had him do is just put 50 pounds in a backpack and go walk five miles. And he did that a couple times a week. Yep. And it's like that's just GPP type stuff. It just builds this capacity to be able to handle things like absolute strength or 
you know, being able to handle even something like a, like a really high velocity altitude drop, right? Um, some of my favorite exercises, I don't know about you, what you like to do if, it, uh, yeah, altitude drops, rebounds, things like that. You say it's GP, it's not, whatever. But, like, if we want to kind of break it down in the context of what people might think of regarding the conjugate system or west side or, or what the literature says, I love sled pulls. Sled pulls are one of my favorite, all-time favorite exercises, all-time. Not sled sprints. I, I hate sled sprints. I don't know if you like. Do you, do you sprint with sleds at all? Uh, we do. We well, really not so much sprint. Um, it'll be we do uh, various things like we'll do sled pushes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sled so pushes, sprint. sure. Sled pu- uh, sled push, sled pull, lateral. Uh, we do bunny hops with sleds, which kids hate, but yeah. it is hard. <laughs> um, and yeah. we'll do them. Uh, kind of standing high and then also grabbing way down low on the sled and they have to you know really tuck their knees in and they absolutely just despise that but they all Ooh, love yeah. the conditioning effect of it um and you know after they throw up a time or two then they're they, they enjoy it you know so uh yeah. it's, it's i say enjoy it they enjoy the benefits of it so yeah, yeah. sleds <laughs> in general are, are just fantastic pieces of equipment yeah um, uh, we have the guys pulling sleds like i mean all the time you know, we'll, we'll strap it onto the waist, you know, and, and I like to implement the old conjugate style, the old West side style, like almost kind of like a, like a pretty heavy day, you know, and then kind of the rule of 60, like decrease them, you know, um, yeah, I mean, we'll do like eight sets of like 40 yards, you know, not max, but like pretty, pretty heavy kind of pulling through the feet to make sure the glutes and hamstrings are doing their job, you know, and then all kinds of variations, handles between the legs, walking backwards, you know, like pushes, like reactive, almost bench press sled pushes. Right. I mean, those are some of my favorites. Um, wheelbarrow walks. Wheelbarrow walks are freaking brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I, I love wheelbarrow walks. And I just, I, I think GPP is kind of, it's kind of misunderstood because everything's GPP, but it's not. And I, if you're looking to get a leg up, just go out and do some random stuff like that. Like, literally go, go get a wheelbarrow out of your parents' garage and put some weight in and just go push it around the subdivision for 20 minutes. Like that's GPP oh, that builds that capacity. Yeah, would you? I mean, agree? Absolutely. Like, yeah, and it's uh, and it and again, it's not specific yet. It's totally specific. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I agree. Like when we moved out to the farm, like we moved all the way out in the middle of freaking nowhere, and that is what honestly kicked my ass the most was just hauling like just wheelbarrows of of like brush and dragging tree limbs and like you know just all that just random farm stuff it's called that farmer strength right, right. it's like that stuff destroyed me yeah it, well <laughs> I mean, and, the, and honestly if you think about accomplishing a task as opposed to as opposed to some random strength training and i you know and, and i believe one other thing is you know how how jay schroeder discussed you know getting you, you want to be 100% engaged in pipes. I have mm-hmm. never seen that totally engaged with anybody, but I thought of, I thought of one case and this is, I, and by the way, that's one of the reasons why he suggests that, uh, I don't, not motocross, but like the, the track cycle, the, the, uh, track mo- motorcycle racing. Yeah. Um, he's a big motorcycle. Why yeah. that's, they are the best athletes in the world because you cannot be at any point in time you cannot be unfocused you are 100 percent laser focused or you die so 
Yeah, it's a good so point. Yeah. You have. <laughs> Didn't really think about so, it that way. And I'm like, okay, there you go. So I got to thinking about a very, okay, this is some, something simple. So if you want to train your focus, I remember doing something as a kid, totally fun, but not, you know, certainly not as uh, risky as, uh, as going out and racing motorcycles. But we'd get a group of four of us, and we'd get a hacky sack. And the goal was to keep that hacky sack up as long as you could. Every person had to touch the hacky sack at least once for it to count. So which means a minimum of four, right? If you have four people, it'd be four touches. Um, just, I mean, I think our record ended up being something like 18 or something, you know, where we had you know, kept the hacky sack up in the air. But you're laser focused in that. Is it physically demanding? Not, not terribly. Is it mentally engaging and emotionally engaged? Absolutely. You are fully engaged. I was like, that's a yeah. perfect example of a short-term 100% pipes. Were you, were you kicking the hacky oh, sack? Yeah, like, yeah, it's feet. feet oh, yeah, oh, wow. Like soccer. You can't touch it. With- okay, yeah, so I, I would have been out like immediately. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, we got- <laughs> I, I literally can't do it. We got better. I mean, none of us were any good, but, yeah. uh, you know, we got better as, as, the, as the time went on. Uh, maybe we got to 20. I don't remember. I, you know, I don't remember. This was a long time ago. But I got to thinking. I was like, that's a good example of pipes. And so if you want to engage the, you know, the, the sleds are physical. You know, the, the farmer's work, the true work on the farm is both. You're going to be getting, accomplishing a task you know, doing these different things, you know, working your body in all these different ranges of motion that you probably never thought of in the gym. And then if you really want to train that mental side, come up with a fun competition for yourself. And again, we were, we were all on the same team, yet we were in competition with ourselves, you know, trying to beat that old record, whatever that record was, you know? So I was like, that's a great example of pipes. Like I said, nothing to the, at the risk level of uh, racing motorcycles, but uh, still, very. Yeah, I can see that. that yeah, that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And everything, you know, for the older crowd listening, everything in life relates to a friends episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's the episode where they uh, they have to throw the ball, and they, all they do the entire episode is they throw the ball and they can't drop it. That's a very uh, emotionally, uh, you know, engaging thing. <laughs> kind of like hacky sack, right? But, um, yeah, so, I mean, kind of wrapping up the GPP side of stuff, I mean, we could go on and on forever. Honestly, we have a guest coming on here. I don't. I think it's going to be the end of February uh, where he'll be coming on, so that means his, his episode will probably be coming out sometime in March, but that's one of the things that I, I really respect about his, his gym and what he does is I feel like he is a GPP-like genius. He's just super, super creative, and that's important in the gym. And like, I admit, like, that's not, I'm not, that's a flaw of mine. I, I like what I like. I'm not super creative. I'll admit it. I work hard to get better at that, but that's why one of the things I really like about him is he, he's very creative with what he does. So right. it's going to be kind of cool to talk to him. We'll be revisiting that topic, you know, down the road. Absolutely. Um, so, um, we'll go ahead and move on to the next one. So the next topic is not really something that we normally answer on a Q and a, but it's still a good question. So it kind of blends into the Friday episodes, but the other question we received was tips for getting started in the industry. So I assume by in the industry, you mean the strength and conditioning field or 
training field or athletics or rehab, I guess, because there, there is some difference in between them. So let's just, let's not go into like the PT side of stuff or the medical side. We'll stay on like the strength and conditioning and, and trainer side of stuff. Um, how to get going. Well, I guess my first recommendation for you would be uh, find a mentor to start out with. That That is probably my first recommendation. I think everybody these days feels like they're an expert because you see so much information on social media. You see every 20-year-old something who's ripped or whatever, you know, doing TikTok and motivational videos. It's like, well, guess what, bro? When I was 22 and 23, I was too. Come come see me in 15 years, okay? Um, you know, don't, don't fall for that kind of BS. I, I would highly recommend, you know, you find somebody you – respect somebody in the field whether they're around you or not and shadow them ask them questions you know learn learn assume you know nothing because I think any of us that go into this field the more we learn the more we realize we really don't know anything right Right. that's tip number one for me what's tip number two from you Chris um yes find a mentor um never uh just because something doesn't pique your interest immediately, don't throw it away. And I'll, let me give you a perfect example. You and I both are just getting involved, just getting interested in, in microcurrent. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Microcurrent. We're, we're coaches. I mean, you and I, we're not, again, we're not in the medical end of things. But. What in the world would you and I have to do with, with microcurrent? Microcurrent's a medical or it's a pain treatment or it's a it's a okay. Well, it just and by the way, our mentor, John and my and, and my mentor is in her seventies. Right? Mm-hmm. She's in her seventies. Yep. You know, is she gonna come teach us, you know, is she gonna demonstrate the, you know, high jump technique? Probably not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's I don't she might be great hey. all I know. But <laughs> She might. <laughs> she might. But, but, uh, but the point is, just because something doesn't interest you immediately, don't throw it away completely <clears throat> because you might be coming full circle. Uh, if, if you feel like you can benefit your athletes, don't totally ignore it because it might be something of great interest to you, especially if you have uh, a particular population prone to injury. Mm-hmm. Or prone yeah. to a certain whatever. So, yeah, no, that that's uh, that's a really good good tip as well. Um, and then, as far as like you know, university education, you might want to get one and then quickly forget everything you learn. <laughs> that's that's an accurate statement as it's well. Credentials, like, yeah, um, but then you know, do you, are you ever going to use it? I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, no. So, I mean, and. I, I get that. I get that question a lot. I mean, I have people who, you know, a lot of college athletes that want to follow in our footsteps, and and I, I love and appreciate that. And something I tell them, I mean, our mission is to impact the mid south and to get our area. That's ELP's mission to get our area up to the level of the major markets across the country. And I and I tell them, like, I hope, you know, I hope I get I made an impression, you know, a positive one, and. You can take what we have spent the last 11 years doing, breaking through this market and trying to bring this information that's literally across the globe into our market. And if you guys want to become that PT or that doctor or whatever, 
you now have that experience and you can build on that. And you can take what we've done and you'll be, you know, light years ahead of where we started. But right. you're kind of going on a tangent with that. But the point of that is, is saying that the the education is good and you do need to get some type of certification, yes. But at the end of the day, what you'll realize is those certifications are way behind, way behind. Um, like I said, if you listen to the Dr. J episode, that's a true story. Like the story goes, I was up in Minnesota getting ready to study under Dr. J and I was actually, I had to renew my certification because I let it expire. So I'd actually already taken the train is a personal training certification course once and it had this certification for three, four, five years, something like that. I don't even remember. And I accidentally let it expire and I wanted to go ahead and get it again. Just so I, you know, I had it, you know, under my belt. It's fine. And, uh, yeah, so I, I had my book with me up in, uh, up in Minnesota and me and Elliot, uh, who maybe we'll have Elliot come join the show yeah. one day. Yeah. Dr. J came into our hotel room and he literally picks the book up off the coffee table and just throws it and is like, this is complete bullshit. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember being like, yeah, okay, I'm sold. And, uh, once I saw stuff, I, I understood. So don't, basically the point of that is don't rely on the certifications to be like the end all be all. And, you know, if you look at ELP stuff, yes, we have our, you look at our Instagram page, of course, like I have the certifications listed. And, you know, people are going to say that's good, bad, whatever. I, I really don't care what your opinion is on it. Like, I have it out there, not as a pride thing, although, yeah, sure, I'm proud of some of the stuff, but to show just kind of the the different, the varying levels of education that we have. Like, don't just assume that by getting your CSCS that you know everything, that that is the Bible, because it's not, I promise. Right. Or your NASM cert. That's not, that's not the end-all, be-all. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, if you and I th- if if you were to go truly ask most people, I mean, and by the way, okay, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm I'm that's a little tongue in cheek when I you know I keep saying I keep keep dogging on the university education. There are some, you know, some people who work in the university who are excellent. Okay, they're oh hell yeah, absolutely yeah. So, I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. But yeah, if absolutely. You get to know them on an individual basis. Most of them would say I keep my you know fill in the blank certification. Just for credentials' sake, not because it is. They basically echo what you just said. They do it purely for the certification's sake, and not because Mm -hmm. it's some sort of, you know, whatever. Maybe they want to go get a job at a different place one day, in that you know a different university or whatever. Now it's less critical when you're in a private setting and you're old like myself, when nobody has asked ever asked me what my credentials are. So, you know, that's a little bit different. But in in the case of someone younger, someone just getting started, maybe somebody who wants to do it more of a, like I said, a university or a high school setting, yeah, you're going to have to prove those credentials. So a lot of that, a lot of the answer to that question is going to be what setting do you think you want to work in? And a lot of that can be answered by, uh, you know, the answer to that question, a lot of that can be where where do you want to go to work? If it's at a school, college, university, uh, high school, whatever, you probably do need a little bit more, maybe a specialty certification like a high school strength coaches, blah, 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 or mm-hmm. a college strength coaches, blah, blah, blah. CSCS is, again, probably the most recognized out there of the of the uh, conditioning certifications, NASM, whatever. They're all, and they're all, okay, they're legit. I'm not going to say they're great. I'm yeah. just saying they're legitimate. Go get one, whatever. Uh, if you're in the private setting, 
take your pick or or don't you know maybe people learn to trust you regardless so mm-hmm. yeah so you know from the education so i mean find a mentor you know and then you know get the education and you know the certification or the coursework you know with school and then I'd say the other side of it is, you know, the next element of kind of getting getting started in it is, I think everybody wants to start with athletes. Everybody's like, oh, I, I want to start training athletes. That's what I want to do. Okay. But I would say that basically all of us, and I'll speak in, in, in terms like that, all of us have a lot of general fitness clients as well. In the like, private. In, in the private. Yes, in the private side, yeah, in the private side stuff, yes. And there's extreme benefit in, you know, training general fitness. So, like, the mom or the dad, like, it's great. You cultivate relationships and, you know, don't just say, oh, I don't want to do that. I only want to work with athletes because you're going to be cutting yourself short because you're going to be able to learn a lot, a lot. And, you know, because there's going to be the, you know, the, the guy, the working dad who's got back pain. There's going to be the mom who's got knee pain. Like, you're going to have to learn in these situations. And so don't just shun, shun that side of the industry and say, oh, I just want to work with athletes. That, uh, that is a mistake. Right. Um, yeah. Sure. You know. if you're, if, yes. If you're, in the, if you're in the private industry, a gym, or you, you're opening your own business like you and I have or whatever, um, yeah, it, it's, you, you're probably better off kind of going with a variety of levels. I mean, I've got five elderly, you know, with, with, uh, a couple of them with Parkinson's disease. So it's like, what do you, you know, you, it's good to have a variety of, of experiences there, uh, have a comfort yeah. level with, with various ages and various ability levels. You know, at the same time, um, athletes are great, but you know, it's, you know, you, you, you still, you may get into the field and be like, eh, one of, this is not what I thought. Or maybe it's better than what you thought. Or maybe you get to where you think you want to go with athletes and you just happen to love working with those elderly people with Parkinson's disease. There's a lot bigger market there because there's not a whole lot of people out there trying to get those patients with Parkinson's. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Okay? Just, that, is a, that is an example. But there's a lot of people who are elderly who want help. You know? And by the way, they probably have more money. They probably have a little mm-hmm. more disposable, dis- disposable income to be able to, you know, afford the service, you know, of a private trainer. So once again, it depends. Determine what you know what setting you want to work in, and that's probably going to help you determine what your credentials need to be and w- what type of education, as well as what type of, you know, certification you want to get. Yeah. No, those are, uh, yeah, excellent. Excellent points. Wait. I, I was thinking of another I was thinking of another I, do I, what? I apologize. I'm a little bit nasally, so if you hear me kinda uh, apologize for that. I'm 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 always nasally. Um the one of the another point I wanted to make was you need to be you need to be prepared to, to work very, very, very hard if you want to succeed in this industry. And like I said, we're going, we're, we're getting into, you know, Q and a you know, question, which I think is, it's fine. We don't, we don't normally go into this type of stuff on these episodes, right. but it's, it's a good question. I think we should answer. 
you need to be prepared to work really, really hard. This is not an easy industry, and pe- everybody thinks that they can just be a trainer. Everybody thinks they can just come in and because you know they they worked out you know with their high school football coach and you know or their high school football coach wherever they know how to actually train and do those things. And no, you don't. You need to be prepared to bust your tail day in and day out for a very, very long time. There's a reason that this industry has a massive turnover rate, massive. Um, I don't even remember what the numbers are, but they're huge. And that's because, especially in the beginning, like you're going to be working early morning and you're going to be working late at night. And then you're going to have the middle of the day, you know, open. It's not the normal schedule. And you need to be prepared for that, you know, especially in the beginning. Then you get to a point where, you know, you've been doing it like, you know, as long as Chris and I have, you know, and you, you can be a little bit more, you know, flexible with your schedule and, you know, dictate it a little bit more. But be prepared that you, you got to you got to pay your dues. Pay your dues with that one. And the other thing I want to add to that, so another point, is don't be afraid to say you don't know something. That's, that's key. That, that took me a few years to learn. There are so many coaches out there. If, you watch, if you're not watching the video, I'm, I'm in quotation marks here. Coaches who speak in these absolute terms, and yeah, I'm guilty of it too, but it's like they know everything. Guys, nobody knows everything, and it's, it's okay. If, you, if you're trying to get into this industry and you want to be successful, there are going to be questions and situations that you're not prepared for you don't know. Say you don't know. That helps develop trust, and you have to develop a lot of trust in this industry. If you want to be a good professional here, people have to trust you because it's their hard-earned money, it's their time, you know, and it's, it's a relationship you develop with either the athlete or the client, whoever. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. And, you know, if you say, I don't know something, but I'm going to find out for you, I'm going to figure it out, you know, I'm either going to figure it out or I'm going to check in with somebody who knows it, that would help develop a whole lot of trust. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, you got anything else you want to add to any of that, Chris? Uh, I mean, that's that's the main thing. I mean, it's uh, uh like I said, there, there's because there's so many different branches in this field. I mean, the the private training industry outside of a very small amount of personal training existed when I was coming out. You know, when I was coming out of school, there just wasn't that much. It's it's become much bigger which at the same time, it's also much more watered down than it used to be. I mean, just the Birmingham area, there's probably eight or 10 legitimate facilities to go to, to train an athlete. And these are private facilities. Every school is trying to do it, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to varying levels of success. It's, you know, I, I would recommend, regardless, you know, once you do get established in more of a, you know, general sense, it's probably not a bad idea to find, kind of find a niche. For example, I mean, John, you found the ultimate niche in becoming a uh, a Doctor J, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> practitioner, you know, a, a, a uh, neuro targeting practitioner. That's a very very specialized niche. I mean, how many other people like you are there? Mm-hmm. Three in the whole country? Maybe, maybe three in the yeah. whole world. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> uh, it, it's just, so that, that's a very niche thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm square one. I went square one. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Sean Sherman. Um, you know, uh, yeah. we both do the newbie. It's, it's, uh, 
you know, there are some specialties out there that you might want to consider, especially if you go into the private sector. So, uh, but yeah. you know, get get some general training under your belt, and then start considering the uh, the uh, specialty. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. I agree, guys. Those were those were good questions. Thanks for submitting yep. those. Um, remember, guys, you can submit your questions to us on our social media handles. Chris is the uh, fast underscore and underscore agile forty nine. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, I'm ELP underscore John. You can submit your questions there. Remember, guys, there is a fee for the show. Please share it. But also, please leave us a review, okay? Review and subscribe. Those are two ways that these, you know, system podcast hosting platforms rank us. Our show is growing very nicely. You guys are sharing the show, and we greatly appreciate that. I mean, it's already it's already gotten a lot bigger than we really expected it to be already. And so we, we're greatly appreciative. And but we do ask that you please leave us a review. That that would help us out immensely, help us get seen more, and help get the message out. And that's the whole point is you know, to get the message out and to help help you guys win, regardless of whether you're the athlete, the parent, the coach. That's our whole mission. So please leave us a review and subscribe. That is the show for today, guys. We appreciate you listening. Thanks. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Or a great week, I guess. We're recording this now, <laughs> but, yeah, it'll come out. So, yeah, you have a great rest of the week, guys. All right. <laughs> See you guys. See ya.